This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. everyone. Good morning and welcome to Hot Off The Mess. I am your host, Samantha Bush. And you guys, it's fucking Friday. We made it this week. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have been sick off and on like this entire fucking year. It's been so annoying. So my apologies. But this week has been so fucking weird because obviously we had President's Day off. So I didn't work Monday. And then it was like this weird ice storm. I don't know if people in the Midwest got hit with this like crazy ass ice storm but my so my roommate is a teacher and so she had like ice days the last two days so it was like so weird having her home all day I mean obviously it was like so nice because it's like I'm not alone by myself talking to my dog but it was just like the weirdest fucking week but we fucking made it I'm so happy um and it was honestly a great week for Bravo I Guys, I said this last week. We're fucking back. We're in our bag. I've never I've never felt more at home. I mean, truthfully. And um I can't wait to get into it. So, first, I'm going to we're just going to go chronological this week. We're going to go New Jersey, Vanderpump, and then of course, we're going to end on Miami as always. All right. Well, let's just get into it. I really don't have much else to talk about. I mean, I talked about the weather, but who fucking cares about that? Um, yeah, let's let's jump right into Jersey. So last week we left off with Melissa and Teresa. They're fighting over the seating at this party, this engagement party. So here's my thoughts. Number one, as I said last week, Margaret is the one that brought this up. Margaret is the one to tee up this conversation because she made the comment Oh, God, like we don't need to talk about seating charts because last time that happened, you know, drama ensued and then the fight started. And I was proud of Melissa for standing up for herself because at the end of the day, like. At this point, she doesn't want to be a bridesmaid, and I don't think anyone over the age of like 30 really wants to be a bridesmaid, to be honest, but it's just the thought and lack thereof of Teresa not having her as a bridesmaid. Um, to have Jennifer Aiden as a bridesmaid, no offense, like you barely, like you don't, that's not on the same level as family as a cast member who's been on for like four or five years. This is Melissa, your brother's wife. Like you, she's been in your lives for 20 years. Like it just seems really fucking crazy to not have her. And Melissa had every right to be in her feels, but I think Melissa has completely resigned to the fact that like they are not friends. They will never be friends. And she's like, okay with it. She's like, you know what? I'm sick of the bullshit. If that's how we feel, that's how we feel. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. And I'm glad that we got some sort of like hug it out resolution at this Motsi party, which as you guys know, I was so fucking disgusted last week, um, by this. Cause it was like, heat like middle of the fucking day high noon like it was crazy so yeah pardon me I have to wet my whistle occasionally on this podcast god forbid um so they hug it out everything is like fine and then like we get this scene at Teresa's house and Gia comes in with this like big ass tray for her salad, which I've never eaten on like a tray like that. It's just like there was a table right in front of her. It just seemed like very weird, but whatever. It seems just like a lot of work. Like I'm a fucking Neanderthal apparently, and I would just like eat it straight out of the bowl, like not giving a fuck. But Gia's, you know, a prime and proper woman. So they she comes in and they and then Gabriella comes in now. In the span of 15 years, I have seen Gabriella speak maybe three or four times. So for her to come into this scene and start talking about what Joe and Melissa said on this podcast. So on this podcast, Melissa's, to be clear, on display, a clever name. um, Joe was basically like, listen, 
without us, Joe Judas would have had no one to film with um, for his show that he was, you know, filming while Teresa was in prison and he needed the money like he had no money coming in. They were skint, as Roy Gilmer have said. Um, That's a Gilmore Girls reference. Um, Please bear with me. It's early in the morning. And um, I don't know, like. I get why the girls are annoyed by that, but what I don't appreciate is Teresa bringing them into this conversation. And I go back and forth on this a lot because it does directly affect these girls, like what they went through, obviously, with their parents going to prison their dad getting, you know, put in ice and then getting deported to Italy. Now he's like a Bahama Papa. You know, it's a lot. And the girls are fairly well adjusted. I I just hate seeing them talk so poorly about Joe and Melissa. And I get it now, I guess. But I have to remember, these girls talked poorly about their Zia and Zio, even when they were little. I mean, you remember they would make fun of Melissa's, you know, singing. They would like make little comments here and there. So it's like Teresa never really like shielded her feelings about Melissa to them. And they felt fairly vocal in sharing how they feel about her. Now, at, like I said, I kind of understand where they're coming from because they were like, listen, they, that's not true. They didn't come over. They didn't help us. They didn't put food on our fucking table. And then we got this red-faced Kool-Aid man, Louie, barging in to this conversation. And he's like lit the fuck up. And I'm kind of looking at him a little sideways because obviously he's going to stand up for his, you know, fiance wife um, and her her daughters. But there's a part of me that's like, bro, you've been here for two fucking minutes. Like, this history and this these feelings like run so deep like this is not even this is like they this dates back pre-Melissa pre-Joe Judice like this is sibling shit this is deep so for him to just kind of come in and add fuel to this fire just kind of pisses me off um and it kind of makes me look at him a little sideways. Now, I've never fully been on board with Louie. He's just never really... I've always kind of had like my my ears perked up when he's around. I can't explain it. Like, I, I want to see Teresa happy. Everyone does. But you also want her to be smart. And there's just something like when she said like she wasn't going to get the prenup on Watch What Happens Live and Andy was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're not getting the prenup. Um, that kind of stuff. Like I just, it just concerns me. And then also he seems like so willing to be on camera. I don't know. It just something in the buttermilk ain't clean. And I can't put my finger on what it is. I mean, I don't know if it's all the past abuse allegations that he's, you know, being alleged. I don't know if it's the fact that he went on Watch It Happens Live and Andy asked what he did for a living. And he said that he does lead generation a la Jen Shaw. That's a little concerning. Um, And here's, you know, Gracie, bestie of the pod, says to me all the time, she goes, if someone cannot explain their job in a way like people like are like, oh, okay, like I know what that is. Something's fishy. Something is not right. And they're doing some something wrong because there's just no fucking way. Like I, I feel sometimes when I explain what I do to like an older person, like a boomer, they they genuinely like look at me like I'm the biggest fucking idiot in the world. Um, and I kind of am, but that's okay. But it if you can't like explain like, oh yeah, like I'm in marketing and like I, you know, uh work in like media, like blah, blah, blah. If you like start getting on this like weird like lead generation trail, like I'm kind of something is something is very sus, if you ask me. Oh, God. Ruby's barking. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of skeptical. I'm a little skeptical of the whole situation. Um, And I don't want to be because, like I said, I want Teresa to be happy. But ultimately, I'm just I'm just nervous. Okay, 
So then we get this meetup with Polly. Polly. Polly and Frank, a.k.a. Mr. Potato Head and Buzz Lightyear. And these names could not be more accurate. Like, dead ass, Frank is the Potato Man and Polly is Buzz Lightyear. I, like I said last week, I can't make heads or fucking tails of Polly's accent. It's so crazy. But so Frank is annoyed because he can't just walk right into Dolores' house. He basically has to knock. He has to, you know, you know, there's boundaries Dolores has set. Um, and I don't think she's ever felt comfortable maybe setting those boundaries with Frank. And I think Polly basically is like, he's pulling a Luke Goldbrinson with, you know, Ashley and Michael Darby. Like, if we're going to be together, like, there has to be boundaries. Your ex can't just, like, come bounding in the fucking house. And the thing is, is, like, Frank could probably do that with David because David honestly didn't give a single flying fuck about Dolores. Like, the man went to sniper school as she was getting awarded, like, a breast cancer, like, awareness award. Like, the man was a fucking demon, okay? Let's all remember. But there's this, like, weird, like, dick measuring contest between Polly and Frank and Frank, God damn it. And those baby blues and those confessionals, like his eyes are piercing, piercing. I love this man. He And he's like, well, why don't you? Polly's like, well, why don't you just talk to me about it? And Frank's like, bro, I don't really want to talk to you. Like, I, why can't I communicate with the woman I've known for like 45 years? Like, I don't get it. And again, it's about boundaries. And it does, if anybody here has ever like set a boundary with someone, or, you know, with people um, that you haven't before, it does change everything because they're not used to that. It doesn't mean that, you know, they don't respect your boundary. They are just, it, it's new for them. Um, so I think this is just going to take some time for Frank to get used to. And then they, they have him dressed up as a fucking Easter bunny. And I was cackling. Like, he is such a good time. He's just down to clown. He's, I, I love this man. We get a little Jackie, Melissa, uh, Margaret moment at lunch. It was like a very easy breezy scene. I did appreciate Jackie like throwing shade at Danielle being like, she's fucking garbage. She looked like shit. And, you know, (laughs) it was funny because Melissa then like did tell Danielle exactly word for word (laughs) what Jackie said. And at first I was like, Melissa, like, why are you throwing your girl under the bus? But then I watch her happens life. She's like, Jackie doesn't give a fuck. Like, Jackie will say it to her fucking face. Like, she does not care. And I was like, good for you, girl. And also, Jackie looks great. She looks healthy. She looks happy. And I feel for her. She's coming out with a book um, in a few months, I feel like. Um, and I can't wait to get my little grubby little hands on that because I feel like it will just be really, it will be really like a very powerful book, especially for anybody out there who struggled with eating disorders, um, food disorders, you know, disordered eating, etc. I think it will be really, really great. Okay. I want every, you know what? We got a nice reprieve this week from Jenny Two Cents. I am so glad we didn't have to fucking see that, that woman this week. And oh God, hearing her her voice, it's like nails on a goddamn chalkboard for me. I don't know why. Like, I just cannot with her. And so I was glad that we didn't get any. Of her. We didn't get any of her. And for some reason, and I think I said this last week, I, the new girl, Rachel, I want to call her so many different names. She is not a Rachel. She is not a Rachel. You cannot tell me that you look at this woman and think, that girl's name is Rachel. No, her name looks like it's Danielle. Her name looks honestly like it could be a Jennifer. Now, of course, these are two names of people on the show, so I might just be getting her confused. But I just have you ever like met someone and you're like, you are so not that, you know, Danny, my boyfriend and I were having this conversation about like baby names and like what people name their babies, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, people really take a risk when they name their baby like their baby girl, like a quote unquote, you know, boy's name. Now, please take this with a grain of salt. Please do not come for me. Um, Like it because you just like never know, like the vibe, the kid, like you truly just never know. Um, and I just think naming a baby is so fucking overwhelming because also like you don't want that. You don't want your baby to be named. I mean, think of Kylie right now. Her baby's name is Stormy. I can't imagine a 70-year-old woman named Stormy. Stormy. 
I just can't imagine it. I don't know. I, it's weird. Um, but so we, I really am enjoying the new girls. I must say, I really, really am. This Rachel Danielle Jennifer woman who I can't fucking figure out her name. She does this really cute photo shoot with her baby. And then we learn about her, you know, she had a miscarriage right after she got married. And she just couldn't ever get pregnant again. And it was really sad. And I just felt really, I felt sad for her. And I, but I appreciated that she's opening up on camera. I like when new girls come in and they, they tell their own stories rather than getting a, really involved in the drama with the other women. Now, of course, they will eventually. But for me, that's like how I really connect with the newbies is like when they're like, okay, like this is me. This is my life. This is my husband. Like that's the one thing Shannon Bedore did that I really respect is like she came on the show and she was like, yeah, my husband and I don't take vacations together. Never have. And um, we sleep in separate bedrooms. And everyone was like, what? And it was like refreshing because you're like, holy shit, like this is a real person. She's not just coming on the show to like stir shit up with people. Um, I enjoyed it and I her husband's beard I it's giving remember when Joe Gorga used to spray paint his head and then when he headbutted Joe Judice there was like black shit everywhere and they couldn't figure out what it was that's the vibe I'm getting from his beard and I need him to cool it because he doesn't need to do that he has a nice full beard anyways he looks like a chimney sweep um but yeah, their little moment with their daughter was sweet. I enjoyed it. And then we get this moment between Danielle and Melissa. And you would think like these two would hit it off, in my opinion. Because like Danielle's kind of quirky and funny and loud and like kind of crazy. And they both are into like boutiques. I mean, <laughs> when Danielle started talking about her bougie kids, I was like, babe, what are you talking about? A bougie kids. Um, but hey, it's she's very Jersey. I appreciate it. It's like these are the type of women you're going to get on the show. So they're at they're going like merchandise shopping for their stores. And Melissa and her start talking about like family histories, family feuds. And Danielle opens up to her. She's like, yeah, like me and my brother basically have no relationship because of his bitch ass, um, his bitch wife. And Melissa's like, OK, well, this is definitely not how we're going to start off. Um, This is not the foot I want to start off on because it's not the wife's fault. Um, and I 100% agree with this. Like, I think sometimes it's just the easiest. She's the scapegoat because it's like she's coming into this family. She's the one that has to like really prove herself to people and, you know, try to fit in and like do whatever. But I think it's just that's what they want to say is the problem instead of maybe taking accountability for their own actions, own behavior, own childhood traumas, own, you know, familial traumas. Like it's just easier to be like, oh yeah, once this bitch came in, it's like, well, you know, I don't think that's a hundred percent. And Melissa was like, listen, I feel like there's got to be more to it than just like he made fun of your Instagram. Like if you made fun of someone's Instagram, like grow up. Also deal with it because it's a joke. And you look like a clown on Instagram. Like everyone looks like a clown on Instagram. You know, like if you start out on and you want to make a platform for yourself, this is a hot tip for everybody listening. You literally cannot even think about what other people are going to say about you because you know they're going to talk shit. I know there's someone probably from my high school or middle school being like, oh, my God, did you see what Sam fucking posted? They might be doing that. Honestly, they might not because who knows? But people out there are going to talk no matter what you do. Because let's be honest, we all talk about other people. That's just like the way of life. It's the circle of fucking life. Okay. This is the Lion King. Deal with it. And to like block your brother and like be petty and like weird because he's like making a joke because you do look like a clown on Instagram. I, I, grow up in my opinion, grow the fuck up. And honestly, that's not how you're going to like win Jennifer or Melissa over. But I don't think that was Danielle's intention in the first place. Um, But I, like I said about Rachel and like opening up about her own, you know, family, family things is that Danielle's also doing that with her sibling. Um, You know, her mom and dad come over. They do this like and at first I thought it was kind of weird. I'm like, why? 
the fuck am I watching this little girl talk about Picasso and Jackson Pollock? Like, why am I, why are we doing this? And then I was watching it with my roommate and she actually was like, this is really sweet. Like that little girl probably feels so fucking special that her family came over and is watching her do this. And, you know, they brought flowers and they're clapping for her because it was probably and this is the teacher in her that jumped out. She was like, this was probably a like a presentation that she had to do for school, but they like couldn't make it to the presentation. So like that's why she's doing this now. And I was like, OK, teacher. OK, teacher page. Um. And that made sense. It was really sweet. And like her dad is just fucking heartbroken. Like he is not okay. He wants his family together. He's he looks like a mix. He he looks like Big Frank, but he also looks like Jackie's dad. I can't figure him out. He also looks like just so familiar. Like I've seen him on like Cake Boss or something. And I know that she was on uh, True Life. I'm a Staten Island girl. I'll never forget that episode. She was the one that wanted to be an actress and she had to like learn how to like lose her accent. And at the end of the day, she was like, I don't want to lose my accent. This is who I am. I'm going to say coffee. And um, yeah, I just it really made me sad because, again, a family is torn apart. I just I was like, God fucking damn it. I was like, I can't do this again. I really can't. I really fucking can't do this again. But it was a sweet moment because they like ultimately like were there, you know, for the fam. Um, And the boys ended up going out. And I know they get a lot of shit because this is like housewives. I don't really want to watch how many minutes. I don't really want to watch 10 minutes of a 45 minute episode of the dudes. Like that's not what I'm here for. But for some reason, the Jersey men hit different for me. Like they've always been such an integrated part of the show that I'm like, okay, it's fine. Whatever. Like I'll let, I'll let this slide. And so they're all coming in. Like they're trying to like, you know, bring in the new guys, uh, John Fuda and his beard. And then Danielle's husband. I can't fucking remember his name. God bless him. But I can't remember his name. They're coming in. And Louis comes and he comes in with a fucking peace sign t-shirt. And these are the people you got to watch out for, you guys. This is a hot fucking tip. If someone is out there talking about peace and love, happiness, um, you know, do going overboard, kind of, sorry, Dina Manzo vibes. There's something going on with that person. The meanest fucking people on the planet are the ones that like preach that shit at you, truthfully. The, the ones that have like the most shit to work out are the toxic positivity warriors uh, or the positivity like everything's got to be positive and everything's got to be that. It's like, no, like Chris and I talk about this all the time on shortcomings. Like we talked about like our body image on that podcast. God, what the fuck do we talk about? What am I talking about? Anyway, it's it's so frustrating because it's like sometimes it's like I I'm not being negative. I'm being honest And if that makes you uncomfortable, that's your fucking problem. Like, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you about how I feel about my body image. I'm just not. I'm not. And I don't need you to lie to me. I just want to be body neutral. That's all I want. I don't want to be positive. I don't want to be negative. I just want to be body fucking neutral. I don't want to think about my body. I don't want to talk about my body anymore. I just don't. I don't even want it to be a thought. But unfortunately, it's going to be. But that's the goal for me. No body positivity, just body neutrality. Okay? Anyway, I digress. They anyway, Louis comes in with his fucking peace sign t-shirt. Joe's pissed. Joe's also had, I think, four lemon drop shots. He's also had like six beers at this point, I'm pretty sure. They're all eating enchiladas and quesadillas. I don't this bar looked like a place that had great bar food. I will be completely honest. They probably have like a great like mozzi sticks um with good ranch like that creamy ranch like you could just tell by like the color of like the wood in this bar that they had like that creamy ass ranch um and joe's pissed because his wife melissa her family is not invited to the wedding and in italian culture in a lot of cultures it's like a very big deal and everybody gets fucking invited okay especially when someone's families have been together for so long like this like it made sense because also like Melissa's mom hung out with his dad. I used to love their scenes together. No, no, may he rest. I, God bless him. Um, you know, I just, 
it made me sad, but watching that scene with Melissa and her family at the shore house, Melissa's mom was so sweet. She was like, you know what? I'm happy for her. I'm happy for Louie. It's fine if we're not invited. But Joe was like, no, it's actually fucking not. And I just wish Joe, I just wish like sometimes people in this family would just like let things go. But you're dealing with Tree and Joe who literally are the same person and they cannot let anything go ever, ever. And it just made me sad and like to watch like him and Louie go back and forth and Joe slam the table. Louie kind of ate him the fuck up. I will be honest. He was like, bro, can you just chill? Like stop with the theatrics. Stop it. This is not what you want to do. You look embarrassing. And then like watching all these guys, these big macho dudes sit around this table and go, you guys got to talk out your feelings. And then Danielle's husband goes, you know, in my family, we would talk things out things get better, you know, things get better. And everyone's like, yeah, man, things get better when you talk out your feelings, be vulnerable, be vulnerable. I'm like, okay, I'm kind of like living for this. Like, yes, like these men need to talk shit out. Like, but I do like that Joe B and John Fuda, um, did kind of come to Joe's defense a little bit and was like, it is kind of a big deal that like all of these people were invited. I mean, Chanel Ayan was there. Let's I mean, come on. Like, you have to look at the fucking guest list. Ramona Singer was invited, but Melissa's mom wasn't. It's just it. it's just really weird. They've This family has known each other for too long. It's for shit like that to happen. Um, I don't know. It. I get why he's mad, but I do kind of wish like he wouldn't get so heated about it. But again, he's he's making a TV show. What can what can he say? So that is pretty much all I have for Jersey. I am excited for the rest of the season because it looks like everything is about to pop off next week. Like dead ass. We have Rachel arguing with Jennifer. We have Danielle yelling at Jackie. I, I'm here for it. I'm here for like some new feuds. That's what I loved about the Dolores and Jennifer feud is like it gave us a little bit of a break from Teresa and Melissa. And that whole heavy nonsense. Because this is a family. It's just it, they're never going to go back together. It's just not going to happen. But um, I'm excited for the rest of the season. So far, I've been really, really loving Jersey. So let's take a quick little break and then we'll get into Vanderpump. Okay, we are back. Let's talk Vanderpump rules. I'm emotional. You guys, this show is was literally some of the best television I've ever seen. Okay. They had a rough two seasons like Roni. And I was worried. I was like, yeah, I was like, listen, I think we might be done. I think we got to be done. And then everything in their personal lives started crumbling and falling apart. And I said, you know what, Andy Cohen, get those cameras rolling. Get these people mic'd the fuck up. I want to know what's going on. And guys, they are not disappointing. They are fucking delivering. We're back, baby. Vanderpump Rules is fucking back. I couldn't be more excited about this. It's like it's truly like I said when, you know, in the intro of this podcast, like they're back and everyone is on their game. Like everyone is clocked the fuck in. You know, we're not seeing too much Lisa Vanderpump for my liking. You guys, she's there's a filter on Lisa Vanderpump that that must be discussed. Um, it's the Chris Jenner filter that was on Keeping Up with the Kardashians that like any time that she moved or cried or did something, any anything animated, um, it like it would really <laughs> would, like shift and you can see it and it's really fucking weird. But you know, it's her show. If listen, I would want a filter on my face as well. So I would also want it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I get it. So we start off the episode. We are back at Sir. We're back at our old stomping grounds, our old, our old hood, our old haunts. And, um, Peter, Peter is there. Sad little Peter. I don't know. You guys, Peter is just like a sad soul to me. Like he just like makes me cringe. He's, he's too old to be acting like this. It's like Peter Pan syndrome. He's giving Shep. It's, but like not as gross as shop. And um, Raquel is late for work. Lisa Vanderpump comes up and talks to her. And is like, girl, what's going on? You seem a little discombobulated. Like you seem kind of all over the place. And Raquel literally starts crying. And she's like, I am. 
I am all over the place. I really loved James. It was really hard. It's hard for me to see him move on. And I totally get that. It's not the fact that Raquel like wants to be back with James. It's this idea of like this person was in my life for five years and he threw it away. It's, you know, seemingly so easily because now he's like with Allie and they're living together and Raquel's like, I'm replaced. And I would feel the exact same way. Like I, I would feel you know, like, was I really that easy to move on from? Like, and then when he calls her the love of his life, I'm like, you're so fucking hurtful, James. Like, he knows exactly what he's doing because he's he's butthurt, you know? He's butthurt that his fiance dumped him, essentially, and then gave the ring back on camera. I mean, that was harsh, but I felt for her. Lisa, start they start crying into the same napkin. I was like, oh, God. But, you know, again, not a heavy Lisa episode, which is great. One of my favorite friendships on this show and an underrated friendship to me is Ariana and Katie. To me, they have a really real relationship with one another just simply out of like respect. I don't think they're the best of friends by any means, but I I feel like they appreciate that they can be really real with one another. Like they're both kind of very upfront bitches. They're, you know, they're like, this is how I feel about this. They and they fuck with that. You know, it's kind of like when Whitney just copped to talking shit about Lisa Barlow and Lisa Barlow was like, you know what? Actually, I fuck with you. And like with Sutton and Erica, like that is the kind of vibe that I'm getting. And obviously, I think these two get a little bit more, get along a little bit more than Sutton and Erica, obviously. But I don't know. I I enjoy seeing them together. I'm hoping that they get the sandwich shop off the fucking ground because I love a sandwich shop. I love a deli. I love, I love a deli pickle. I mean, holy fucking shit. Talk about, talk about delicious. Okay. And it, you know, that was cute. Like seeing them kind of like go around and like look at their space and, and, you know, talk about sandwich sandwiches. I just, I just enjoy seeing their friendship and I would be really sad if they ever, you know, separated. Then we get Sheena Shea from Marina Del Rey over to Ed Schwartz Seeds. And Sheena's really inserting herself into this whole fucking mess, this whole divorce, which has been a fairly easy divorce. Like they're both being adults about it. They're both like, listen, Katie, Katie is like, you know, you're not a good husband. I don't want to be unhappy anymore. I'm sick of asking for the bare minimum, a.k.a. have you just support me and back me up and hear me out. And um, Sheena's kind of coming into this and is a little it's kind of fucked what she's doing I mean not kind of I'm like really I'm really pissed I mean she's making great tv so she has Schwartz over he's having a woman like live with him and like in this shack like there's shit everywhere shoes and boxes like a mattress leaned up against the wall it's giving 2012 sir um Vanderpump Rules era and so she gets she gets worse on the podcast. They start talking. She knows exactly what she's doing by doing this Mary fuck kill because she sets him up. Lisa Vanderpump, Lala or Raquel. And this is where my this is where my antennas go up. I have a theory and I posted this on my Instagram, but I have this theory that. I think Tom and Raquel have hooked up many times. And I think that they've been hooking up for a little while. And now that the cameras are rolling, they don't want to stop hooking up, but they know that they're going to get caught if they continue. And this is kind of Sheena's way of being like, okay, I'll make this messy and I'll like introduce this idea of like you fucking Raquel and set it up like this. Because the way that Raquel and Tom are acting is very weird like when Katie goes out to dinner and drinks with Lala and Raquel and Katie's like what the fuck is Sheena doing why is she pushing you on Tom and Raquel's like I guys I was truly gasping for air I was I could not believe my eyes and my ears when Raquel was like sipping on her martini and she's like well you know I do really like Schwartz I was like, is this bitch fucking serious? 
And she was like, I mean, I would never like date shorts, but like I would fuck him. I mean, she didn't say those words, but like that's basically what she was saying. Lala and Katie were truly, they had no words. Like Katie, Katie was speechless. Katie was, uh, couldn't, couldn't find the fucking words to say. And I couldn't either. I was like, what am I watching right now? And everyone, I've been seeing people online being like, and even Sheena too, obviously on the show is like, you guys are divorced. You guys can do whatever you want. I mean, Katie is out there fucking dudes too. And like, blah, 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 blah. That is not the fucking problem. Katie wants Tom to move on. Katie does not want to be with Tom. That is not the issue. Him going out and fucking girls and making out with girls is really not the problem. I mean, he did that while they were married. Let's be real. I think the problem is, is that Sheena is now inserting herself into the drama, into their relationship, and is setting them up with someone that they have to spend a lot of time with while they're filming. I wouldn't like that either. If I was married and with someone for 12 fucking years and my really good friend and my really good friend was setting actively setting him up and like leaving little breadcrumbs of like, oh, you, you and Raquel should hook up. I, I'm just like, that's not OK. That's not fucking OK. And I, I don't understand what people are not getting about that. Katie is like, he can go and be with whoever he wants, like with who he wants, like he can go fuck someone. But like we made it a point that we're not going to fuck friends and also Sheena back out of this. Like, what is she not getting? And Sheena, I'm going to say something that's so. I'm probably going to get laughed at, but I don't care. Sheena is one of those girls that like lives for the male gaze. And what I mean by that, hear me out before you turn this off. Sheena carries has a carries a lot, puts a lot more emphasis and weight on what the men in her life think of her than what the women think of her. And she always has. Since the beginning of this show, she has said, I am not a girl's girl. I like to roll with the guys. And we still see that. She wants Schwartz to be like, oh yeah, she's a cool girl. Oh, remember when she hung out with like Jax, Tom, and Tom? Like she's always wanted to be that girl. And that's fine. But Katie does not fuck with that. Never really has. And truthfully, I'm shocked that Katie was ever ever put Sheena in her wedding like I'm truly shocked by that um and so I don't know I I don't get what people don't get about this it's confusing to me it's like it's her one of her good friends Sheena is setting her ex-husband up that she was with for 12 years and people are saying and Sheena is saying well Katie seems fine Katie said this Katie 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 it's like Katie can acknowledge that this marriage is over and that it didn't work out, but Katie is still sad about it. Like Katie still can have those feelings, even though she's saying, yeah, I don't care if he like goes and hooks up because I mean, no one wants their ex to fuck someone in their friend group. Like it, I don't get what people are not understanding. And just the way that Tom and Raquel are acting around each other with the holding hands and you know, in the kitchen on their little weird double day. Even Ariana is like, what the fuck is Sheena doing? And that's the thing. Like everyone is like, this is weird, Sheena. This is really fucking weird. Stop. And Katie comes for her perfectly. And now listen, I would never want Katie to come for me. Katie scares me. I love Katie. She's I think like we're in the Katie Assange. Excuse me, I'm taking another drink. Um but and so I'm really glad like people are now seeing like th- that Katie was not always wrong in this relationship and that Tom needs to take a little bit more fucking responsibility and accountability and fully understand his role in this marriage and divorce. And like Ariana said, she's like, why is Tom always like not getting his foot held to the fire? Like, why is everyone always mad at like everyone else but Tom? Because she's probably sick of Tom Sandoval always being the scapegoat too. Like, it's not always Tom Sandoval's fault. Tom Schwartz does a lot of shit, but then backs up and is like, I don't know what I did. Like, he sounds like a fucking Berenstein bear, okay? Enough. And he's also playing an active role in this. He could easily shut Sheena down. But like I said, my theory is that him and Raquel have been fucking for a while. 
making out at least for a while and he wants to continue doing that and this is Sheena is the perfect scapegoat for him so that's my feelings on that Ugh, but then you know Lala tells Raquel by the way I fucked James in the beginning of your and James relationship and the beginning of me and Randall's relationship and Raquel's like hmm and people, you know, I've been seeing a lot online that Lala is calling Raquel a hypocrite. I don't think Lala is a hypocrite per se. I just, I think she's like, listen, it happened so long ago. It was one time. Your relationship was so new. My relationship was so new. I, I don't know. I Maybe I'm crazy for that. You guys tell me. Come at me because I maybe I'm seeing things not clearly. But, you know, also Tom and this band, I mean, he even said he was like, this is an expense. This is not this is this is not like a free a free thing that I'm doing. Like I'm paying these people. I've hired these people. Um, (laughs) I'm like, how much money does this man have? Like, you know, um, it's just it's just funny because it's it. James made the point like, why are you spending all this money on this band? But you know what? I guess if it makes him happy, then good for him. Um, I don't. <laughs> it's just it makes me laugh because it's it's just like, what is Tom doing with this band? Because he's also like trying to open a restaurant. He's also got a relationship. Um, and. I don't know how he has the time or energy, but guys, Tom's never looked better. When he was like changing in the bedroom, I was feeling a fucking creep. I was like, why does he look like that? Like he's looking like a full ass snack. Okay. His body, his mustache, his hair. Like I'm really feeling it. That little high kick that he did. I was like, wait, am I attracted to Tom Sandoval? And the answer is yes. I'm very attracted to Tom Sandoval. You guys, my attraction spectrum is like all over the place. I have Frank Tanya. I have Tom's Tom Sandoval. I'm very attracted to Evan Goldschneider. I mean, like the the pendulum is swinging, you guys. I'm attracted to Peter Thomas. I'm not afraid to admit. I'm attracted to him. Um, Papa Smurf, you know, I'm attracted to um who's that man in Atlanta? Oh my god. Oh my god, fucking Ross. Oh my god. Oh, geez. Sends a chill down my spine just thinking about him. Um, in a good way. In a good way. And so that was funny to me. Also, this double date. Oh, my God. This double date with Lala and Katie. I felt this in my fucking bones. The going to the bathroom and being like, we have to get out of here. I have if you ha- that was probably one of the most relatable things I've seen on television in a minute. Because like we've all been there. Like I've been on a date before with this man. This was years ago. Probably. Yeah. Three years ago. This guy, he was like very, um, how do I describe? Uh, intense. Okay. He was very intense and he had like a good sense of humor, like on text, because like that's a really good gauge. Like that's the thing about dating apps and stuff is like you can tell within minutes if you're going to like vibe with this person. Like if they can carry a conversation on text, you're like, oh, like cool. Then he's probably cool in person. He wasn't. Um, he wasn't cool at all. <laughs> so we go to the, this dinner and he's like, a, he's a runner and he makes it like his whole fucking personality. And, um, he didn't get like any of my jokes. Like he didn't get anything that I was really saying. And there was like a lot of awkward silences. He also said that he's a vegetarian and he's dairy free. And, proceeded to order a fish and was like eating it and I was like oh so like you're a pescatarian like you just don't eat meat and he was like no and I was like hmm okay and he also there was some weird shit with his family too that he was talking about I was like okay he just was like insufferable I go in the bathroom I go I have to go to the bathroom because okay well first first oh my god I can't believe I forgot like the big part of the story this sums up this sums up our date he's talking to me about comedy how much he loves comedy I'm like, this man is not funny. I don't know why he likes comedy because he's not funny at all. But he was like, I love comedy, comedy, comedy. He was an Ariana and he was like, I take comedy very seriously kind of vibe. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, who's your favorite comedian? 
he like didn't respond and i was like do you like are you th- like are you thinking like you know like who's your favorite i was like i really like you know aziz ansari i really like um you know chris rock <laughs> like you know the basic i'm so fucking basic <laughs> i'm such a loser and he like looked at me and he was like oh well you're like really putting me on the spot like i just you know and i was like mm-hmm. i'm like well you you brought it up like you're the one that really likes it I was like, okay, well, I'll let you think about that. I'm going to go to the bathroom. And then I went to the bathroom and I called my best friend. And I was like, where the fuck are you? I was like, I need, I need to leave. Like, I need to get out of this. Like, and she was like, I'm out. Like, I'm busy. And I was like, I fucking hate you. Like, I, I was so pissed. I even called my ex-boyfriend. I called him and I was like, listen, I'm on this horrible fucking date. I need you to come get me. Like, this is truly a nightmare because the man insisted on picking me up in his car. Now, I never do that. But he was like so fucking insistent. And he brought me a birthday present. And I was like, okay, whatever it was horrible it was truly horrible and then I had to go back to that fucking table and sit there and I go oh, like did you think of anybody yet and he was like now nah. and I was like okay we're moving on I was like let's get the check let's get the fuck out of here and then we get we get in the car and he's like where should we go next and I was like oh I was like mm, you're taking me home and he was like oh and I was like mm, yeah like neither of us had a good time like what the fuck are you talking about so that's that on that so I really <laughs> has nothing to do with it. Sorry. It does. You know what? Fuck it. It does have something to do with this show because they were on a bad date and I just talked about my bad date. I don't want to fucking hear it from anybody. And so Lala and Katie on this date, that man kept like asking her about drinking and drinks. And Lala's like, I'm fucking sober for three years and nine months. Like, will you shut the fuck up? Please. And these men were disgusting. A grown man's name is Mel and he's choosing to go by Melrose. Like he's that girl from America's Next Top Model. I was like, what are you saying right now, bro? That's sick. Sick. Anyway, again, this season has been perfection. I've, I mean, there's only been like three episodes, but I'm really, really enjoying it. And I can't wait for it to get even messier because it's going to get good. Also, James's girlfriend kind of was like pissed at him at the end of the episode. He's just like, I'm so fucking over this. She's probably so sick of hearing about Raquel because you know that he hasn't moved on in the way that he thinks he has. So he probably talks about her a lot. We've all been there when we've been the girl that's like, okay, well, can you please stop talking about your ex? Like I was truly, truly that girl. Like I was dating this guy one time who kept like bringing up his ex and I was like, are you not over her? Like, if you're not, that's cool. But like, I, then we don't need to be doing this. He's like, no, like, I'm so done with it. Like, whatever. And I was like, okay, well, then can you please fucking shut up? Also, she was like a famous influencer. And I found that like really fascinating. So, of course, like I kind of wanted him to like spill the tea. Um, and he certainly did. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was really crazy. She's like uber famous influencer. She has a makeup line. If that tells you anything and um she's like really pretty and I'm like dude you fumbled the bag like that's on you bro um because she's like super wealthy and like built herself like a little empire and I'm like you're such a fucking flop um so yeah you know it's crazy um and so Let's take a quick little break and then we can get into Miami. Okay, we are back and we are going to talk Miami. (sighs) Remember when we saw the clip of Adriana in the sneak peek like two weeks ago being like talking about Frankie's accident and saying that there's consequences. And we all thought that's so out of context. Editors are probably playing tricks on us. Who knows? Blah, blah, blah. Well, guys, as we know, this is not the case. It is exactly what it was portrayed as in the previews. And um, Adriana is a fucking evil monster. I'm sorry. I don't care. The, the doubling down, the constant talk about losing the foot, the broken bones. Ma'am, it's bruised. You have a bruised fucking ankle. That's what that's what that is. It's really not that serious. Um, I'm shocked Alexia didn't go harder on her, to be truthful. I think Alexia was so caught off guard and so disgusted that she genuinely was like, I, I don't know what to fucking say to her except for her life. She's fucking miserable because she's a because mis- she's a bad person. Then Marisol 
gets up and she tries to talk to Adriana. And then there's this like really weird heated exchange with Marisol and um, uh, Julia. Sorry, I like forgot her name. Sorry, <laughs> escaped me. Um, and Julia throws ice on her. I was like, Julia, you are such a fucking loser. Like trying to make this moment and she couldn't even do that. She, I forgot her name and like she threw something on someone and I forgot who she was. <coughs> like what does that fucking tell you? You know, what does that tell you? I just can't, I can't with Julia. I think she's so pathetic. But so there's obviously this like divide, right? Like there's the Kiki, Alexia, Marisol and Larsa group. And then there's the um, Adriana, Dr. Nicole, Gertie and Julia group. And Gertie is like kind of on both sides. She's like, listen, Adriana, what you did is really gross. What you said was nasty. And Alexi had every right to be pissed. I like and also the thing about the Frankie's accident, it's not like it was like a really bad accident and he like fully, you know, recover. like he is having lifelong complications and you know, it altered the trajectory of everybody's lives. It like he was in a coma. He was on a feeding tube. He was on a ventilator. And you're going to sit there and fucking try to compare your bullshit foot. Like you're that's nasty to me. And the doubling down and the like people don't care about me and I have nobody in my life. And, you know, I just, you know, I I have to walk my dog by myself and get groceries by myself and do this. Yeah, you're a single fucking woman. Like that's why is that her problem? Why are you trying to bring up the fact that you're a single woman and comparing that to Alexia, whose son is like gone through like all this traumatic, this traumatic accident? I just don't get it. I, I don't understand the logic and I don't care what anyone fucking says. It's so nasty. And I just think people online right now really don't like Alexia. So like, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm like not seeing things. Um, And Julia being like, oh, well, what, you know, Adriana said about Frankie was obviously horrible and disgusting, but they're all ganging up on her. They're all ganging up on her because she's fucking miserable to be around. She is the kind of person like Alexia said it perfectly. She said she was like, Adriana needs attention, but it's only negative attention that she ever but that she gets because she's so deeply unhappy and miserable that her I don't know I just don't have sympathy for her and maybe that's a me problem like you you make your own life like you make your own you know reality and your reality is is your alimony is running out and you're freaking out like period move on anyway we get the return of Miss Leah fucking black I am thrilled that Leah Black is back. Even just if it's just for the scene. She, when she's on screen, like I don't, I don't move a muscle. I just sit there and I listen to every fucking word that she says. And this was truly just like a Leah Black infomercial. I mean, they're like in this like little store. The lighting in the store was so stunning. I they Lisa has never looked better. Lisa is one of those women that pulls off neon colors like flawlessly. Okay, flawlessly. She's like absolutely so stunning and gorgeous. And I'm so glad that she's out there getting fucked by that hot guy instead of Lenny, that toad. And like, I appreciate the flashback of like her and Leah. But you know what? Leah is giving her the best advice that any of the girls have given her. They are, Leah's like point blank, you know, Lisa's telling her about what Lenny has been doing, how he's been acting. And Leah just lives like, why do you want to be with someone like that? Someone that does this. This isn't someone you want to be with. You know, this is someone who his true colors are coming out and you don't need you don't need this in your life. And I really appreciated this advice that she was giving her. I appreciated that she was being so like you have your children and you have friends and you have so many things in your life that's what you need to focus on to focus on what the fuck this man is doing is just not it's it's not what you need to worry about he's gonna make his own 
mess and you have to, you know, stay in your lane, focus on your kids, focus on you and just get through this. Because my roommate Paige and I were talking about this the other day and all the other women are giving her good advice for sure, but they're giving her advice for like how to get through this like afterwards. Leah's like giving her good advice for like the now, you know, like this is this is what you need to focus on right now. You need to be a good example for your daughter and you cannot allow her to look at this situation and be like, this is how you deserve to be treated by a man because it period you don't. You shouldn't be treated like this for anybody. Yeah. So and I'm sorry for the people out there that get annoyed if I like take a sip of water. Like I've been talking nonstop for 57 minutes. Like, please get off my ass. OK, thank you. Um, I don't know. I just I'm glad that she has Leah Black in her corner. I'm glad that she's like, you guys are never going to get back together. It's not going to happen. Stop fucking asking about that. Um, stop even putting it in your mind that he's like going to beg for you to come back because like he literally never, never would. And that's what we women do sometimes. I think men do it too, but I don't talk to them about their breakups. Um, it's like when you're going through a breakup, you're like, okay, like if I really want them to like beg for me to come back. Like they'll be so romantic. Like if they beg for me to come back and then I can like go back with them and like everything. Will be no, because you're still going to have the same shit. You're still going to have the same fucking problems if you go back. That's why I always say when people start talking about getting back together with their ex, I mean, hi, I was a clown. I did it so many times. Um, there's a reason why you guys aren't together. There's a reason why you guys broke up. Now, of course, there might be exceptions out there. I don't know. But leave it. Leave it where it needs to be, in my opinion. Um, The women in, are back in the Bahamas. Like we, you know, obviously not like back like they've been there. But I'm just saying like the scene with Lisa was in Miami. Anyway, Adriana's distraught because she now knows that her foot is completely healed. She is totally fine. And we're just getting like a sob story. It's this sob story of like, you know, I came here by myself. I got cheated on and then I got married and then I got divorced and I only have a year and a half left of alimony. And it's like, okay, what does that have to do with the fact that you made a poor choice of words? And then I need her to just own that and stop being so desperate for these women's friendship because it's really just going to push them away. And ultimately, I think that, that that's what she's doing. And it's it's sad. Like, you know, you don't want anyone to be in, you know, a bad place. But it's like you're also fucking insufferable. And it's it's like we all know those we all know those people we all know those people that cry about how no one's in their life and that you know no one cares about them and no one does it's like yeah because you're fucking exhausting you're so emotionally draining and tough to be around like that is why no one's around people were probably around for you when you you know weren't so annoying frankly so the girls have separate dinners um also Adriana's in quite literally one of the ugliest outfits I've ever seen she's in this like gold ill-fitted long sleeve dress but also in this wedge sandal that Taylor Hawkins who was on this podcast a few weeks ago she's called it a rocket dog and I screamed when I tell you I screamed when she texted me she was like is she in rocket dogs I was like stop I'll cry um so they're at these dinners you know it's there's a <clears throat> their separate dinners as they should and then I mean they party the night away Lars is literally the funniest fucking bitch on the show she just looks at Adriana and she's like will you stop pretending with this foot please like you're fine you're bouncing around you're leaping around you're dancing you're shaking your ass please we 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 need to stop the the dramatics and then she has a music video release party it's Adriana does very Candace Dillard Bassett of her but of course, Marisol is going to have the other girls at her party. So they're having like dueling parties. But one is just at Marisol's house. And, you know, there's just a war going on. But I think Lisa held. Did the best job with Adriana of really getting like driving this home to her that what she said was so fucking disgusting, but also like able to tell her like, 
all right, you've moved on, you've apologized, you did what you should, but you know, don't fucking do that. Don't ever do that again because that's, you'll get your ass fucking beat next time. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, Lisa, I do think, has a really good heart and she, you know, just wants everyone to get along. And I also, but I also think that she likes the drama a little bit because it distracts her from her own troubles. Um, I mean, just personally, a great episode of Housewives. Um, I I love these women. I can't believe we're almost over with their season. I can't believe we watched 15 episodes of this show. I can't wait to see what else they have in store for us. The reunion is going to be fucking delicious. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I hope everybody has an amazing weekend. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, And yeah, slide into my DMs with your thoughts, feelings, comments, concerns, and love you. Bye. Huda Media Production.